Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, get to chat some of the, to some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this crazy industry we're in of self-publishing and writing. And today we are delighted to have a very special guest. It is, she is Courtney Brown, a very successful young fiction, uh, YA fiction author who is here to discuss all oh, some fascinating things with us. So we are absolutely delighted to have you here, Courtney. How are you doing today? I am doing quite well. I'm a longtime fan, so I am I'm really excited to be here. Oh, that's such a kind thing to say. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and author himself, Craig Touch. How are you doing today, Craig? I'm doing well. Thanks, Roland. And welcome, Courtney. Uh, you know, we've been searching a long time for our one one uh, long term fan. So I'm glad that we got you on here finally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you write YA, but um one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about was the idea of uh, writing in first person versus third person, which is something that, you know, most authors have to make that decision at some point, right? Uh, You know, those are the key. I mean, there are other things than first and third, but those are obviously the the two biggest and most popular and almost every book is written in one of those two. So, um, but it's often, you know, it's a decision about, you know, how to tell your story, which way you want to go. And there's, there's reasons to choose one over the other. And you, uh, I believe, write in both, right? Or you, ha- you have the, uh, you know, the experience with uh, both of them. So you were going to help walk us through all those different things, right? I was. Um, so I think, especially if we look at young adult, and young adult contemporary or hi- historical fiction, it really doesn't matter the genre, there's something, and like, I'm 43 next month, I have always written like a 16 year old, I love the experience of high school, kind of sharing those things. To me, those feelings feel very now, and they feel very personal. And I think that uh, my first four books, while they were written third person, as I started getting into the genre, and as I started kind of exploring, I always felt that my protagonist really needed to tell their story, and it needed to be done in their own words. Uh, so I have, I, I have switched back and forth. But I'll give you one better, which is you can you can do you can play with the tenses, right? So I have done usually I am first person past, but I have been exploring first person present. So how do we make that story even more in the now? And there are great examples out there in the genre and across you know not only young adult, but I think there's something just inherently personal that maybe is specific to YA and readers and your listeners can uh, disagree. But for me, it is a personal story. I, I'm so delighted to, to have this conversation because it's something I, I think I, for me, I started off writing in romance, but I came from a background of liking adventure stories and things. So I wrote in third person and it wasn't until sort of book four that I switched to first person and it just changed everything for me. And it just made everything sort of come alive. It's so it's so fascinating to think of what an important distinction these two things are, even though it might be the same story. I also think that it it to me as a reader, and I, I know you're both readers as well, that when I get that first page, I'm I'm drawn in faster by the first person, um, you know, kind of outline in that first person. There are you know just just being in someone's story immediately. Um, I think it's. there's not, it's not difficult or not difficult. You know, everybody's going to tell their story their own way. But to me, I become immediately drawn into a story when I get that really good first person, because I need to know I'm in, I'm with that 
him or her, whoever the character is, I'm right there. And I think that that's something that really first person can offer um, that maybe third person can't. It's almost neuro-linguistic programming, isn't it? It's like if you if you read the book, I did this, I did that, you can't help but be drawn into it in a way that third person, you know, you have to you have like this omnipresent God view and you have to actually I work out which character you're going to focus on and then try and empathize with them. Whereas that first person does have that directness. It does. And I think um, it also can be a challenge to writers in that we can only see really what's happening to the first person. So if you make that choice, you really have to plan that outline to say, okay, I know as the author, something else is going on or something, but how can I, can I clue that in? Does, does my protagonist get that clue? Like what's happening? Um, and I think that it, it, it's, it offers, you know, engagement immediately, but then it also offers the challenge that in third person, you would say, oh, okay, well, I can, you know, we can cut to here and cut to there. But in first person, you really have to remain with that character. So how, how are you telling a story in a way that, you know, show, show, don't tell, but we have to tell some things, but we can't tell everything because, you know, unless your um, protagonist is, you know, a goddess or a god, they don't have omnipresent and omniscient views of things. So you have to kind of plan that out. Yeah. You ever write with alternating points of view, like one character's first person and then another person's in the same book? Because I know in, I in romance, it's, <laughs> yeah, in romance, it's almost like a staple of his viewpoint, her viewpoint, his viewpoint, her viewpoint. And that allows you to have you as the reader know what both of the characters know, but each of the characters only knows what they know. And that has the potential for those delightful conflicts to come up. It does. Romance is a, just, I mean, it's one of my favorite genres. Um, I have tried my hand at it a few times, but I'm always in awe of, of people do it. I've written, uh, I had started a project very early days um, about kind of, um, you'll see it, uh, it's called Take One at Mulholland High. Uh, kind of, it's a reality show. And I wanted to do uh, a character who had moved in to this exclusive community in Southern California, and she would be our kind of ears and eyes. So it was still important to keep her in first person and then have the character on the show who's been there forever. She's in first person, but they're very different viewpoints. What happens, how they become friends, how they misinterpret things. As you said with romance, that when we think about tension and conflict, those resolutions can only come because we know as the reader, oh, okay, this is what they thought, or this is why they didn't get along. Um, so I'm with you that um, romance is an outstanding example. Uh, it's not just obviously uh, alternating uh, first person doesn't have to be just for YA. Yeah, I mean, the people use third person in romance, but not definitely not as frequently. And I think that's that's the reason is like you get to hear the inner thoughts of a person and it, which with romance is much more important. You're, you want that deeper level um, of, you know, connection with the characters and of understanding of what they're thinking and what they're, you know, they're doing. And, you know, um, I think some genres, you know, I'm reading all those Jack Reacher books now and almost all of them are third person, but once in a while he'll sprinkle a, a first person in there. But, uh, you know, with action and adventure and thrillers and stuff like that, I think you kind of almost need that third person because you have to, there's a lot of things you got to be able to see that the main character doesn't necessarily see, you know? Yeah, I am. Um, so I, I've had a few manuscripts that aren't out yet and especially in adult contemporary, I've got a thriller that's unpublished that I had too many characters. I couldn't just be with one character. It wasn't, as I you know said 
earlier that I think to me YA is so personal. Uh, but if you think of different genres, uh, you know, if I'm reading traditional filler, thriller or contemporary fiction that I really don't want to maybe stick with one character. I want to move around. I want to see what other people are doing. And I think it adds to the story. So it just depends on what I'm writing and, and what your listeners or, or readers or watchers uh, get into that, you know, think about books that, that hit with you and why they did that. Or if it's something that you really want to play with a genre, um, why did that work or not work? Uh, you really have to kind of think of it. And I, now that I've got that I, that first person I in my head, you know, when I sit down page one, it's often if I'm continuing a story, it's very easy to get back into I write mostly women uh, or young women, so it's easy to get back into her shoes. But then when sometimes I take that step back and go, actually, you know, for this type of genre, it's it's got to be third person for these reasons, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think with um, with third person, well, there's certain kind of readers too that only prefer one or the other. I've seen people say, oh, I only read third person. I only read first person, right? So, you know, it's, I don't know, I guess for some people it's maybe jarring one way or the other, but um, like personally, I, I'm fine with both, but uh, do you tend to find that, you know, an author should stick with one type especially through, um, you know, one pen name or one series or, you know, I find with the Reacher books, like most of them are third person, but there are some first person in there. I think it's an interesting choice. Like I would have probably, if I was writing a series, I would stick with the same perspective throughout, but you know, works for him. He's making lots of money. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, uh, I do stick with one voice or one uh, format, let's say for my series. I think there was one, um, and I'm blanking. It was one of the when all the Hunger Games books was out were out. There was there was a series where there were three books, and then the fourth book they changed to have both protagonists. And it was, I think, especially if you're doing first person and you have two protagonists, especially you have to be so clear in those voices. And that was maybe a mistake that this author had made. Is that it, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I had to literally see at the top, oh, this is, you know, Jack, not Jack Reacher, but this is Jack versus Diane or whatever it is. And you you have to be so strong in, uh, you know, because as a reader, we want to be engaged by that person. And if it's first person and you've got different voices and the voices aren't different enough, it was jarring. I was like, okay, but who's talking now? Uh, so I think also as a reader for my series, at least that to start in one would be to finish it. And I I can't, if I want to be sneaky, I would say if I'm trying to fit a third person in, it's a a good idea might be a letter or an email, something that that our character's reading from something else. It just, we can take that little moment out. So I had kind of um, a steampunk historical YA uh, Queen of England series that I did a few years ago. And to bring in something else, I could have a letter, letters from different characters come in. So maybe we get a little insight into what the other characters are thinking, but still maintaining that first person. That's real. Um, that's kind of interesting. I do know I was reading an adventure story that was set with alternating character viewpoints. It was one brother, then the other brother, then one brother, then the other brother. And uh, there was just one section where it went from one brother to the same brother and it threw me because I've been kind of expecting it to go back to the other brother. And then I had to pause for a second and be like, oh, wait a second, which character am I following? And so you're right. That's one of the risks you you have if you like switch things around too much. Yeah, it's um, I think you, you have to be and I've written now 
a lot of books. Uh, so I think it, I'm pretty secure, but for people that are starting out, I think it could even be uh, maybe a suggestion that if you are running into, you know, the dreaded writer's block, what if, what if you change from third to first? What if that helps you get over something that either as a writing exercise or just getting to know your characters? Okay, yes, in your genre, you might need to write third person, but that as you, you go, okay, well, I need to get to know this character a little bit more. Why not do a draft or why not do a chapter in first person? See where it goes. As I always say to people, your rough draft, no one's going to see it but you, right? So you're not, you're not wasting anything. You're getting to know your character. Um, that, that might be something that uh, helps you define that voice just a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what are the <clears throat> things you have to really think about when you're trying to decide which way to go? I think one of them would be, um, you know, when you think about the story itself, are there things that you need the reader to know that the character won't know, right? And if that's the case, then you kind of almost need to do third person. Yeah. And you, you need to avoid that, you know, kind of cliche of I looked in the mirror and, and saw my blonde hair and blue eyes. You know, you need to you need to sneak in things that tell us what the character looks like. And I suffer from that. Believe me, in my head, I know what he or she looks like. But if you're in first person, you you have you can't conceit the you know, I put like you see it sometimes. It's very obvious. It's not lazy writing per se, but I think there are more creative ways around getting to know a character, even though we're reading his or her thoughts, um, you know, that there are ways to, to kind of adapt and, and not go to those cliches because yes, we all look at ourselves in the mirror, but we never think to ourselves, wow, my glasses are really shiny today or whatever As, it happens to be. <laughs> especially male authors writing about female characters because it all automatically is when they're looking at themselves in the mirror, they always think about the size of their breasts, which for some reason yes. is like this thing that, that I, I don't I don't know. I've never been a woman, but I don't think women <laughs> think about that when they look in the mirror as much as some male authors think they do. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, well, and listen, so I... We, <laughs> I look in the mirror and I'm like, there's a lot of gray going on. <laughs> you know, I think that very often. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but there, there. Are, I think in, in first person, um, you know, even in third person, but however you do those descriptions, you you'll find a way, and uh, there are different ways to do it, and and there are better ways to do it than you know recognizing your cup size or whatever it happens to be in the mirror. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so, but then in third person, like, you know, obviously it's easy. You, you make those descriptions or whatever, but um, you know, you have the downside is, is that, uh, or maybe it's an up, it's an upside, I guess it depends on what you're writing, but you know, not knowing the motivations of somebody um, is often, you know, it's, it can be, I guess it can be harder or it can be, it can be easy, right? Or it can be a, a positive or a, a negative, um, you know, it, in, in romance, a lot of times, you know, you have somebody's, uh, especially with the, with the, you know, one chapter him, one chapter her, right? So you'll have those misunderstandings in the sense like, you know, when it's her perspective, he'll do something and she'll be like, oh, what a jerk, whatever. And then it switches to his and he's like, in his head you know you understand why he did it it makes more sense and you sympathize with them and then you realize oh she's wrong she doesn't get it oh she doesn't understand what's happening here you know and it's all that right but with third person though you know it's like you just see it all but you don't know any of their motivations at all yeah and i think you know there's there's the trying to avoid 
exposition kind of on, like we need some exposition of course and no matter if you're first or, or third you, you kind of have to to decide I guess for yourself but you know no matter what author you are I find myself and this is for me personally this is right for me it might not be right for everyone is that I'm writing character-driven stories. I'm not writing the great American novel. I'm writing contemporary fiction. This feels right for the genre. This feels right for me. Is I'm not going to try and push myself into a place like, oh, I have to write third person and that's the way it has to be. No, I feel so comfortable. And I write my first drafts quicker and I do things quicker in first person. So I guess for anybody who might be struggling or starting out or whatever it is to, to like, don't be so hard on yourself and pick pick within the genre because again if if you want to sell books which is something we all want to do you can't go too far off genre but again it's to me we're all readers at all times so why did that work for someone how did they make it work if it was first person versus third person did you even notice you know sometimes authors hopefully myself one day or now you know they can be so seamless that you're not even really going oh you know or in the case of third person, it's often like, oh, I got to turn the page because, I, you know, we left these characters over here. Now we got to go find them over here. And I really want to know what they're doing. And in first person, the struggle is, you know, on that individual level to say, OK, maybe we left, the, you know, the chapter where something major happened to this character, obviously to them, you know, or they acted or they did something. So what is defining your story? Is it, is it going to be character motivated, which is what I'm very comfortable with? Or is your story a little more, we're taking that kind of macro step versus the micro step? Um, really, only you can answer that. Um, but I do, I always, you know, in, in every book I pick up, no matter what genre, no matter what I'm reading, it's, why am I turning the page? How are they telling this story in a way that I want to keep reading? <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Sometimes I don't even re realize if it's first or third, and I have to concentrate and think to myself, is this first or third person you know, that I'm reading? And, but it's funny what you said about the exposition, because that just makes me think about, you know, there's some certain types of books where the ex explanation exposition is almost, um, well, it happens so often, it's almost a cliche. And I, and, uh, I think Roland probably knows this best because like his favorite sort of uh you know james bond yeah. kind of books like at the end it's always the villain giving the big monologue about why he did everything and well you also it. have the briefing scene with m where it's like james uh, yeah. bond comes in and m says let me encapsulate the plot in five minutes yeah. <laughs> that's right right but my favorite yeah. is always yeah. you know the at the end when the you know, he straps them down and he's got to make the whole explanation about everything and why he did it and how he's going to kill him. And, you know, and, and it's almost a cliche where, you know, I see it in, in movies and read it in other books where, where, you know, something happens and the villain's like, you know, I'm not going to give you a big monologue about why I'm doing this. I'm just going to kill you, you know, or whatever. Like they know that that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, no, it's, um, there are so many good examples and so many different examples and especially, I'm going to have trouble remembering, but it's a Colleen Hoover book. It's Verity. I can't remember if it's in first or third, but what happens if your protagonist is an unreliable narrator, right? If we're having a narration from somebody who is in first person, but we actually can't trust them. And when, when do we, the audience decide that, you know, when do we make the choice that, Oh, I'm in this person's head and I'm seeing what they're doing. But, but in reality, you know, uh, I don't know if I should trust them. Um, so I think um, that's a book that I read quite recently where I am going to, I think it, I'm 90% sure people can call me out, but it, it's, it's first person. And as you read through and you keep reading, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And again, just to say that just because you're in first person doesn't mean you can't in, 
you know, involve a second voice. And in this case, it comes, and I'm not giving anything away, but it comes in the form of a manuscript that the character is reading or a diary that the character has come across. So, you know, don't think like, oh, well, first person, it's the only thing, I can only do it this way. No, no, no. There are so many ways, I think, that are creative to get around that, uh, to introduce voices or to mix things up or to make your, you know, like, again, why do we trust? Why, why are we in this person's head and why are we trusting them immediately? You know, we want to, as the reader, always do that. Uh, but maybe, you know, um, depending on your writing or genre, like, is that what we should be doing? Should we be trusting this person? Um, you know, great authors to me can always go, oh, wait, I, you know, I got to chapter three and now I'm, I'm starting to feel differently about this protagonist. Uh, Isn't it's, it amazing? It's always fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I'm just it thinking, really I'm just thinking that that's where writing, like, writing when it's really good when you're reading a book that like sucks you in and then you have these different layers it's the sign of like a a writer who's like taking it to the next level it's just it's exciting when you get those little dopamine bursts every time you finish a chapter because you find new information or new questions get get raised and then like you're fully immersed in the book there's there's nothing better than that I agree. And I think um, certain books I've not gone back and read, uh, but I think a second read would be necessary to go back and see everything that I missed, everything that was dropped in. Um, You know, really good books will do that, that if you kind of go back and look and say, oh, look how clever this author was. Look at what they, you know, chose to include that paid off here, paid off there. Um, You know, and again, no matter the the first or the third, um, first, again, to me, it goes back to just being like that personal story, the personal kind of part of it. But then, you know, the layers, as you said, that is it, is it someone we trust? Is it someone did you set out to have a protagonist that, you know, we want to believe in that's telling a story that's, you know, we're, we're here for. Um, it really is genre specific, but I'm, like I said, I write, I write happy, happy YA novels. So mine are mine. You should always trust my little my, my <laughs> protagonist. I promise. <laughs> it must be tough though, to write a first person with an unreliable narrator because i mean you're in their head so are they lying to themselves you know or i guess you don't have to say every thought that they're having right so it it could be you know that he's just not uh thinking about what he's doing and why but but it would be it would be tricky and i think that that is really uh pretty cool yeah maybe as a writing yeah as a writing exercise i don't i mean i'm constantly editing or writing but if if you again were kind of warming up or or getting around or wanted to challenge yourself you know do a thousand words or 1500 words and just say here's somebody we're not supposed to trust and 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 put yourself out there to say i'm going to write it first or third or whatever but probably first it sounds like a incredible writing challenge to go okay i usually write this but this time i'm going to write that um, and see where it leads you now, have you seen uh, a lot of examples of people that use first and third in the same book? Ooh, good question. I'd have to really think back because I read almost, yeah, nothing's coming to mind. Um, do you have any examples? <laughs> I've read a couple. I've actually read one science fiction book uh, that was like that, and I hated it. I have to admit, it was written in the first person perspective from a character for about 75%. And then that character died and the rest of it was third person from another character's perspective. And I was and it just and it was a pity because I loved the book up until that point. And then so I think I think you've got to it doesn't really make sense. I know Lee Child, we've mentioned before, pops back and forth. Mm -hmm. I think there's one where some of it's in first person and then they have third person. 
but it's weird it doesn't feel right because it's like oh what suddenly i'm like sucked out and have this hovering viewpoint whereas i've been in reach's head before then it's like it, it's jarring yeah, yeah i think that the, yeah. the only way to, to possibly do it is that would be non-jarring to me is if we were reading like a newspaper, you know, clipping or something like that, where we were taking out and then like the, the start of the chapter might be something like that. And then I, we, we're going first and third. And I was trying to think, have I ever read second? But it's so rarely used. Wasn't there an adaptation of Wicked? I want to say like 15 years ago. And I think it was the only second person book I've ever read in my entire life I know we have to google it real quick but but it's you know I know this conversation is first and third but maybe there's somebody out there who's gonna break ground on on second person (laughs) because that would be basically like you're reading a book that says you got up you went to the kitchen Mm -hmm. you brushed your teeth and stuff and that's that's well I I feel like I did read some second person perspective when I was a kid maybe is it uh Apparently, there are a bunch of them. I just Googled it. There are eight great novels written in the second person. There we go. Have you heard of any of them? (laughs) No, I haven't heard of any of them or heard of any of these authors. But apparently, Uh, they're great. Was it it Choose Your Own Adventure books? Were they written in second perspective? Like, you walk down the... Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking of that I read as a kid. Like, you walk down the the stairs. So do you go left or do you go right? But that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I guess in the context, so it can be it's all done. about the context. Yeah. It can yeah, be done, it but is. it's fairly limited. Yeah, that's why I think most people go first and third. And, and then there's yeah. also sort of levels of, um, I guess it's more of third, maybe it's first as well, where, you know, you have the different, the different depths that you can drill down or go up, I guess. Um, you know, the omnipresent, and there's like, the, I forget all the names of them. I, I remember reading something once that was sort of explaining the you know these different levels like where you basically you see everything and and you know everything in their heads and then there's levels where you only see what they see you know versus you know so when you're doing sort of third you know do you think about those levels and and figure out where you want to be or is that just you know you always just do it one way um i think it, it would be to me genre specific so i'm trying to think most of my current third is adult contemporary, which is not published yet. Um, and those were decisions of genre. So if I'm writing, let's say, thriller, thriller adjacent, those are, if you're an audience, you have a really specific expectation as you go in. Now, if I'm Lee Child and I've written Reacher, I can, people know me and I can write any way I want, or I'm James Patterson, I can write any way I want. Courtney Brandt, uh, pen name, and Benjamin, I don't really have that choice. So to me, again, commercially speaking, that I'm going to be reading in the genre, seeing what seeing what is working, seeing what people would expect. So that if my, you know, somebody downloads my book, that they're not turned off. That this is, oh, I, I expected a book like this, and this is what I got. Um, it's not that I'm putting myself in a corner or I'm restricting myself creatively. It's just, this is the genre I've chosen to write in and, and to be, I think successful, you can play with that. You can do different things. But for me, I would say, okay, if my, if, if the comps in the market for my book would be X, Y, and Z, okay, then, then it should follow X, Y, and Z. So that if I recommend my book to someone to say, if you liked these books or these authors, then you would probably like my book. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, the noble practice of writing and being an author is super important, but the, 
importance of selling books is equally important. So that, you know, we want people to read our books. We want to tell stories that resonate with people. We can only do that maybe in certain genres when we adhere to the genre. Uh, so whether it's third person and I, and I do everything or it's third person and I follow, you know, some of the really traditionally successful books, that's my choice to make. But I do think that to appeal to the widest audience, if I'm doing a contemporary thriller or thriller adjacent, that's what people are going to expect. And, and I should give that to them. I can do it in my own way, but I do need to kind of, you know, say, okay, well, this is what's worked and it's worked for a reason. How do I, how do I do my own story in that way? And then when we look at first person, you had mentioned this earlier, um, maybe we should uh, talk a little bit about it in case people aren't totally aware. So the past versus present, right? And this is something I know I always had problems with. I would just, you know, pick one and then sort of switch around while I was writing. <laughs> and I'm sure that that was a problem for my editor. But um, but yeah, like maybe let's go through what the difference is on those and why you'd want to use one over the other. So it's interesting because I had written mostly first person like past. Um, and then suddenly I get this protagonist, Julia, and she's got to tell it now. Uh, and there was just something about that character specifically. Everything she did was so specifically present and I, I think I even like you I tried to do the past and I ended up this like you know messed up draft in the middle and I'm working on the sequel now like literally now and it's done and I'm editing and I have maintained the present I, you know for other authors like don't do it to yourself to, to go back and forth because it will mess with you try and work on one and one only but I guess in my case again being character driven that Julia's story had to be now and I can't explain it then the other two or three their story their stories just weren't it, it wasn't in that character's voice to write it. it it was okay to be kind of the past um and hopefully that makes sense to some people but in my mind I was like oh she she has to have this like currently happening to her because that's the character she is but that in terms of some examples of like what what it means to be to writing in the past or the present uh, so it's, it's your verbs, right? Like it's the verbs that are, you know, instead of they're, I guess, more active. And I'm sure some proofreader slash grammar person out there is like, that is the worst example ever. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's how we think of things, you know, I'm currently, um, this is, you know, like we're talking, we haven't talked, right? So it's, it's that it's almost, I think, I'm trying to think of a good example. I feel like Hunger Games is present. So if you were looking for a good example, that would be an excellent example. I've read a um, lot er of uh, contemporary romance that is present. It's like he yeah. sits down and opposite me and then he unravels yes. his chewing gum and pops it in his mouth yes. and makes a pop. Yes. Uh, to me, there's something just really engaging, but it has it doesn't always happen um, in all the in the, the many books I've written. In this case, it's only one specific protagonist that is present. Um, so but yeah, it's it's to me about the action. Um, and yeah, that's a really bad explanation, but <laughs> I'm sure there are resources know, you guys can provide. <laughs> And it is, it is one of those, I personally, like, I can't, 
I have to really get into a book to enjoy it in the present. But you're right, it depends on the characters. And I've read a bunch of them, but I remember I used to edit other people's books and it threw me when it was in the present tense. And then when I would try and do my own writing, I'd find myself writing in the present tense. And I'd be like, ah, it's one of the reasons I kind of got out of it. But when it's done well, it works, depending on the character, I guess. Yeah, it's, so it's a total it's mindset, of, though. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the difference of saying, you know, like, I walked to the store yesterday versus, like, I walked to the store. I, I, or I walked to the store versus I walked to the store. <laughs> or, yeah. or I am walking to the store. You know, it's, it's you know, the said, difference is said, it happened to me yesterday yeah. versus it's happening right now. Happening to me now, yeah. So said versus says or asked versus asks. So if right. Julia's, Julia asks or my friend asks, um, that's happening to her right now uh, versus asked, which, um, again, there, there are pros and cons to both. But um, as Roland pointed out, if you are in one frame of mind, which I am currently living first person present, it would be very difficult for me to switch over to another project and not, and not really put that in. Like you, you have to give space to that because it will affect your other writing, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, uh, that was the most, that was the thing I had the most problems with is just keeping to one. I, I, you know, I just, I just wouldn't even think about it. This uh, different sentence to sentence <laughs> would probably be different, right? And I'd, I'd try to catch them and edit. And then I'm sure my editor had to catch the rest of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be confusing for sure. I mean, and, and you, and you do have to mix it sometimes, right? So even if you're in present, you're talking, everything's happening, happening, but then you say, oh, I just spoke to Bob and he asked me, you know, and then you got to switch to, to pass in the, anyway. In right? the, yeah. In the dialogue. And it, it even bleeds over. I do, um, food writing as well. And when I set out to write reviews now, I do it in, for, I do it in present. And then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This happened in the past. I could do this in past. Uh, and then, as you said, like, I've got verbs all over the place. And when I go back through, I'm like, okay, I, now I know I need to look out for it. Uh, but I think uh, for those who are kind of starting out the, the journey of perhaps first person present, like, it's going to take a little time to get used to. Um, but again, what are you comfortable with? What is your character telling you? What is the story telling you? Just keep going back to that because it's there. I think the answers are always there if your story is developed or the idea is developed. Right. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah. And it's so interesting. Again, we're talking, I mentioned like how books, you were talking about the book where you had an unreliable narrator and that's like taking writing to the next level. I think also when it comes to, to thinking about how to tell your story through the point of views, that's again, it's like it's, it's a thing most people don't appreciate about how difficult and how exciting writing is. The fact that you've got all of these different ways to tell all of these different stories. It's like, you're almost a cinematographer in your head. You're, you're not only writing the story, but you're also making a movie of it. Well, and it's that's a, the, it's yeah. a really different story, right? When you're in two, I remember one of the, when I was reading a lot of science fiction, one of my favorite authors was Orson Scott Card. And, you know, he wrote Ender's Game, which was one of his, his biggest ones. And, you know, he wrote, there was a number of books. And then at one point he basically rewrote the books but from someone else's one of the other characters perspectives. And it's like, it was like a, almost like a different book. It's the same, the same actions were happening, but now you're inside the head of another character, seeing it through their eyes and why they made those decisions. It's almost like getting a cheat to be able to write your book in both. Cause you couldn't decide which would be better. Right. It's like, I'll write it in third, but then later I'll write it again in first and sell it twice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not? No, I'm uh, it's, 
Yeah, it's, it, it's so funny because I feel that in approaching this conversation, it was so, all my decisions have been very unintentional. There was only one point when I first started the, the book that's first person present, I did start it in first person past. And then I was like, why isn't this working? You know, like, I, I know something's kind of wrong here. Um, so I think it's it's okay to admit, you know, I made a mistake. And actually, maybe first person present is insane. And why would anyone do it? Or, you know, if I'm, you know, what what works for me? And why why is this working? Um, I always try and ask those questions. I'm, I've been a member of a book club for many years. And none of the other people in the book club are authors. And I always like to ask these questions, you know, like from just like, I'm not going to get ner- word nerd on them, but I am going to say, you know, like, why did this work? And and that's it. Like, why did this work? That's a very easy question to answer. Um, why do we like this character? Why did it? No one's ever bringing up tenses, of course, uh, or first person or third person, but I'll ask it, you know, I'll sneak my questions in. Um, what did we have this month? We had a very unreliable uh, narrator this month um uh pretty good actually and i'm trying to think of the author but it was first person and it had to be first person there's no other way this book would be so raw um and i applaud that author for making it just so real and and really an unlikable (laughs) protagonist but you kept reading because it was kind of a train wreck and you have to see how it turns out yeah it's such a key it can be such a key decision to make when you're writing a book uh, on which way to go. It's, it's probably true that most books could be written as first or third, but there's probably one that is, is notably better <laughs> for the book. And so, you know, the trick of the, for the author would be figuring out which way that will be before they start writing and hopefully, you know, before they get long into the process and realize that was not the right choice <laughs> you know, and have to start all over again. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, look, we've seen, we've seen people take even classics, um, you know, that are written very third person, you know, from a hundred years ago. And then they just go, you know what? I got I know there's like a, like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern sort of like out story. And they, you can, you can take some of these classic characters and go into first person. Um, and I think that that's another fascinating thing that there's all these literary characters from just, you know, decades and centuries ago and people keep finding new stories with them. Um, it's Madeline Miller who did uh, Circe and uh, Achilles, like who knew that these characters had stories and they're very personal stories. Um, so it's, it's, you know, there are just so many ways to unpack even characters we know already uh, could be done in first person that maybe haven't been done yet. That's and like Sherlock Holmes just came out of uh, uh, copyright. That's it. So now you can what? write all the first person Sherlock Holmes books uh, you want. And, oh, and, or it'll be Sherlock Holmes and zombies. <laughs> yeah. There's that's that. The big I think. <laughs> Got to add zombies uh, to all the old books. Yeah, I think Gatsby, Gatsby's now in the public domain. I think Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain. So oh, that, go crazy. <laughs> they just made a horror movie about Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. maybe that's yeah. why. Maybe don't do that. Domain. But, you know, if yeah. you like, but yes. They <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's <laughs> very good advice for a lot of things. Yeah, um, yes. Sadly, yeah. we are approaching the top of the hour, I was going to say. Yeah, and well, one one last thing is is just um, you know, if for somebody who's sort of new to writing, what do you think is, do you think that there is a um, you know, an easier way to go if you you know if you can't decide if you think both would be equally good or or you're not even sure really what what's what's easier in your opinion to write first or third? 
Um, so it depends on the genre. I think you should write to genre. I think you should look and see what's been successful. And I think you should do that. So if you're really new um, and you want to approach genre and you want to eventually sell that book, in my mind, you won't waste as much time if you if you stick to what is there. So in Young Adult, I have the freedom to always write first person because it's very successful. Uh, in romance, you can write first person. But if you are going to write more thriller, you know, uh, any just maybe even just contemporary fiction, you know, really get into who's selling and why. And, and if they're writing third person, you should probably choose to write third person because if you're going to an agent one day or you want to go out, you just need to go, okay, well, yes, The Martian uh, is first person that was done in a very unique way. But, you know, there are plenty of examples. Just go to your bookstore, go on Amazon, you'll see, go to your genre and then just start reading the blurbs. You know, is it, are we writing in first person? Is it in third person? To me, that's your homework. If you, if you are starting out, just look in your genre, look at your comps and start there. That's excellent advice. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. This has been a fascinating discussion. It's one of my things I get so passionate about because it's like, it's really about the craft of writing and it's the, the juicy stuff we enjoy. So where can people find your books? Yes, on Amazon. I'm. It's going to be a busy year. So if you follow me on Amazon, that's probably the best. But I've got in, as I would say, from Dubai, inshallah, I've got three books this year. I had a busy, busy year of editing last year. So we've got sequels. I've got original. Um, it will be a busy year. Just follow me on Amazon. That is wonderful. Well, we will make sure to, to pop a link down below so people can do exactly that. And thank you so much for joining us. Craig, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, um, just, you know. No. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for joining us, though. And, I, you know, especially for making time from Dubai. I know, uh, you know, the time difference and everything is, is difficult. So, uh, it, but this was a great discussion. I think it's really helpful to, to people to really sort of hear the reasonings why you do one of the other, you know, the genres that, it works best for etc so um you know i really appreciate you giving us uh your thoughts on that my absolute pleasure i'm looking forward to hearing from it and of course if anyone has any questions i'm i'm not the ultimate expert but i always love hearing from people and talking about writing so uh, feel free to reach out that is wonderful thank you so much and hopefully everyone listening to this or watching it on youtube enjoyed uh, everything courtney had to had to say if you did make sure to leave a comment down below let us know and if you haven't already click that subscribe button and we'll be back next week with another episode of fully booked thank you so much for supporting us bye-bye <laughs>